0: This is a low energy podcast. Don't bring your energy here. Happy Thanksgiving, Rabbit Trails Nation. We, we need we need some kind of like really World. cool. Let's go, everybody! Is that from Nate Land? You listen to that podcast, right? Nate Land's. That's a great. That's a great I podcast. think that Nate Bargast is hilarious. Guest. He's hilarious. He's yeah, very
1: funny. I think, and super clean, but I think, I think comedians, you know, I'm not necess- I'm not, I'm not a, a prude. So I, I can handle some, you know, maybe some off color humor. It's not, it doesn't necessarily make me that uncomfortable. Although it bothers me when comedians are like, there's like a whole new generation of comedians that it's like, that's their go-to is yeah. like shock. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, I just feel like the, your, your craft as a comedian, you're, you're kind of like, you're just doing the like. It's being base. lazy. It's being lazy, and yeah. so that's what I like about Nate Bargatze is his comedy. He's really had to think it through because he's he's super clean. He's a he's a Christian. He doesn't do yeah. You know, he, he's not openly a Christian, but it's you know he's he's a church goer. He's, he's he's a, he a closet Christian. Yeah, he's he wants to make he's he's but he's a comedian. He's, a, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's 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 worked at his craft for a long time. He's got really good funny stuff, but it's it's you know it's it's good. Yeah, because he's had to really, he can't just do the simple thing. And, uh,
0: him and Jim Gaffigan, I like Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan's hilarious, also a Christian. Yeah. Strong Catholic. Yep. Um, a lot of kids. A lot of kids. That makes him a strong Catholic, I think. Yes. Isn't it one of the the signs? One of the the signs. You'll know them by their fruits. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, how are you? Happy Thanksgiving. We are recording this on Thanksgiving Day 2021. Uh, We woke up, or my wife and I woke up today and realized, oh my gosh, it's Thanksgiving. And so I went to the store. Uh, It was packed, of which I can only assume that Thanksgiving has made its way to Spain and everyone was getting the last (laughs) money for it. (laughs) Or it might have been the sale that Lidl was having on Christmas stuff. I don't know. One of the two.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably a uh you know for a lot of americans uh an odd kind of thing but we forget too like you because you're it's not there's no lead up here obviously to thanksgiving right so it kind of sticks up one we you. Don't,
0: well, we don't even have a starbucks in san diego to Compostela. so there's no there's no uh, pumpkin spice lattes yeah, roaming yeah. around you know yeah. how how is a person supposed to know it's almost thanksgiving without <laughs> yeah. the, the knowledge that which i don't like pumpkin spice lattes but anyway it's all right that's all right
1: but, uh, but usually there's been years where the only reason I knew it wasn't like it was Thanksgiving. I mean, we knew it was coming up cause we had planned, but sometimes we would do like our Thanksgiving event, like the next week. Right. Cause right, right. that was a busy week. And so you're like, you know, you're checking the stock market and you're like, gosh, what, what the stock market's like, it's not going and you're, and you're, ah,
0: oh, it's, it's a Something's holiday. wrong. The it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's an apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're <laughs> celebrating on Saturday. So I had Saturday yeah, yeah, us two. On, on my mind and, and, yeah. and we didn't forget that it was thanksgiving in defense of my wife she was well aware of it but we hadn't done any planning um i forgot it was thanksgiving um so anyway went to the store uh we're skipping the turkey we're doing a chicken oh interesting as it's only the four of us tonight so we just decided Oh, okay. turkeys are, Well turkeys are really we'll
1: let, large. You, I'll let, I'll it, let it pass. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let that pass.
0: Yeah. You know, honestly, so funny <laughs> funny story. So we 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 often would do Thanksgiving outreaches in Sweden, yeah. even, oh. even when we didn't really have that many Americans in our team. The, the, yeah, we yeah. Actually, in one of our cities where we eventually had no Americans, the uh students, the Swedish students, mm-hmm. kept the Thanksgiving um outreach because yeah. they loved it so much and it just became known as a thing in that time anyway yeah. so one people like we, thanksgiving yeah yeah. we had like uh i think we had a couple hundred people coming i mean it was a massive thing that we were doing and it's probably i don't know 120 100 something like that uh, a couple hundreds too much um and uh anyway so we get through the night and we serve all the turkey and well okay turkeys are usually really expensive in sweden um and uh, and so one year we were running low on budget and we we're like, you know, let's just go ahead and buy some chickens because we, we think we're going to be short on turkey. We'll do it. We'll mix it in. It'll be fine. Swedes don't really eat a whole lot of turkey anyway. They're not going to taste the difference when you mix everything on the plate. Plus, it's yeah. dark in the room, you know, yeah, it's a bird. <laughs> so so anyway, so we serve all the turkey and uh, we're kind of like, man, that that just didn't seem like it was enough turkey for everybody. Anyway, we're cleaning up at the end of the night, and uh, we open one of the extra refrigerators, and in the bottom drawer is half of half of the fowl, uh, but that we had prepared for the evening but it wasn't the chicken that was left over. it was actually the turkey. so no yeah. one got turkey that and no were, got everyone turkey. got chicken. It's so like anyway, chicken. Sorry, sorry 2015 <laughs> Swedes you yeah. got you got gypped on your on your Thanksgiving day. we've done we've done years where we have done um, let's see I think one year we did probably three or four Thanksgiving dinners for students yes yeah. Yeah. Uh, man th- those are brutal years.
1: Yeah. Most of our campus ministries who aren't, they're not even led by Americans or half Americans on them. Have, they still do. They'll do really?
0: Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fun. People are um, really interested to see. Yeah. It's a,
1: it's a great holiday. I mean, the yeah, idea of, of giving thanks and okay. So let's just, let's just get this out of the way really quick. Um, let's just be clear. The first Thanksgiving in America officially celebrated was in Texas. It was look it up people. Really? Uh, yeah, it was it's Spanish. It was a well, Spanish. wait, a, wait a second. Wait a it was second. Was Spanish actually. The first Thanksgiving ever was Spanish. Uh well, and what it about was in like the past- second
0: year yeah. after the Mayflower?
1: It was before this was like almost a, like uh it was way well before the the Mayflower.
0: Okay, I, I love Texas, I'm a native Texan. I love it when you, you, can you look it up to these things. Um this is this is true. But, it but, is but but a little piece of me is dying inside right now, and I don't yeah. know why. I feel very confused. I'm I'm gonna to have to call a counselor. It was
1: <laughs> it was an expeditionary group. They were they were traveling. They got lost, and they made the world got back to El Paso because they they, they were saved. They celebrated a feast, and it was it was a day of Thanksgiving. And his an official record uh, that exists, I believe he's in El Paso, Spanish. It was in El Paso. It, it predates the. You can look it up online. It's it's pretty well attested to. Now, the actual tradition that we celebrate comes from. The Mayflower. The, the, I mean, not the Mayflower, but the, uh, the, the, the English right. ones, right? So that's which, that's what's what we celebrate. But if you want to be really technical, you can say the first actual official Thanksgiving. Uh, what happened in El Paso, Texas? Which
0: it's, it's, and then and then it was what, what was it, Abraham Lincoln who instituted during the Civil War as a national kind of observance day of like I celebration. Believe so. I believe yeah. so. My son was doing a, uh, he was asked by his uh, teacher yesterday to prepare a presentation for his class tomorrow. So he, uh, he was uh, up all night doing PowerPoint, uh, not up all night, but he was up late enough preparing PowerPoint for, um, and so I I love it. My, my son's getting a little bit of humor and um, he, uh, one of the pictures that he showed for like, and the first Thanksgiving feast was had, he, he showed a like a, a fast food takeout tray <laughs> That was pretty awesome a little
1: social commentary
0: yeah, yeah that was pretty great it was That's a, pretty fun. good to see his humor yes oh uh, um, well okay so hard to be american when you live overseas how, how many you've been overseas now for what 15 17 years something like that 6
1: 16, 16 more or less 16 years with you know some like trips back to I think we've done a couple Thanksgivings, right, 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 in the states for different reasons, for different. But yeah, six. We moved our stuff over here about sixteen years ago, so
0: Mm -hmm. a long time. I left the U.S. about twenty years ago.
1: Yeah, that's a long time. I'm realizing,
0: and that's a long time. So now, when people are starting to ask me, so what is it like in the U.S.? And I go, I haven't really lived there for twenty years. I'm actually getting to the point where maybe I should stop telling people what things are like in the U.S. Yeah, I have no idea. I can tell you what things are like in like certain. Parts of Dallas, but that's about it. Certain parts of Dallas, <laughs> certain neighborhoods of Dallas. well yeah. let's not go into Dallas neighborhoods again. <laughs> we, we we gave the people enough of that last week. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Garrick, we, I was checking that I was checking our um our stats uh mm-hmm. for uh we we ha- we we've had um quite a few people listen from Albania. Oh, recently. that's awesome. Uh, so welcome, Albanian listeners. Uh, yeah. very very encouraging. Um, love your country. Was there. Four four years ago or so? Yeah, I remember when you went. It, man, amazing country. Yeah. So yeah. underrated or so unknown to so many yeah. people. Uh amazing people, beautiful beaches, beautiful mountains. Yeah on oh just incredible we had an incredible vacation when we were there i haven't been can't say as much for the sit that we we rented that was a bit of (laughs) (laughs) that was a bit of an interesting uh (laughs) thing but but we made it anyway and uh yeah so if you ever get a chance to go to albania you should definitely take that chance it's it's incredible
1: yeah i've 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 done a little research because we we're you know, we're always looking for places to maybe take a trip, and but Albania just looks—it looks fantastic. It looks yeah. the uh, this like up in the north. There's this place called like the Forbidden Mountains with yeah. brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked just amazing. Yeah, like the kind of like Alps, alpine mountains up there. Yeah,
0: or even yeah, it's they're they're like spiky. I yeah. I, I, I I I did a deep dive into like Albanian you know, topography and culture yeah. and, and uh, that's what I do. Right. Cause context is one of the things I love. So while mm-hmm, I was there, mm-hmm. I was like up all night reading Wikipedia, yeah, and I any, that too. any article that I could, I was going down the rabbit trails of oh, black holes of contact context and stuff. So really cool place. So welcome Albanian listeners. I don't know how to say welcome in Albania. Actually, when I was there, I asked a waiter, I was like, Hey, how do you say thank you in, in Albanian? And he just looked at me and he goes, don't worry about it. <laughs> I was, like, I was like, what do you mean? He goes, "It's too hard. It's, it's, it's Albanian's yeah. impossible." Don't, don't worry about it. We, we speak English. <laughs> well, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> something else that happened this month
1: uh, that I think will be a good segue into what um, we're going to talk about is that 30 years ago, so 1992, Oktum Baby" by YouTube came out. Arguably maybe their best album and also yeah, an incredible album. And, and, and you know, maybe we talk about it some other time too. Uh, great album, great theology, great, great thinking. Um, but why I, I think it's a good segue is because their that that album, that tour particularly, uh the zoo TV tour, was confused still, some people, uh, but was actually a kind of a prophetic um performance art thing talking about how technology.
0: Mm-hmm. was going to
1: change us, was going to change the world and how that could be very dangerous. Um, and so they were very, they, they, you two were kind of early on of using technology to kind of uh, also mention technology with consumerism, capitalism, all this stuff coming together, maybe have, may, might have some some blind spots for us. And so um, that's kind of what we're going to jump in today. But I thought it was interesting that, that 30 years ago,
0: you two. What's your fr- favorite, that, that, favorite you two song? That was... What is my favorite YouTube song? Yeah, what's your song?
1: favorite YouTube song? Oh gosh, I don't know. It's hard. It's, well, and you of course you now
0: you've put me on the spot, so I'm like, I yeah. don't know. Um, sorry. Honestly, I've know. always been I'm I'm one of these people who my favorite songs are always some of the obscure ones that yeah. they have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh 40 has always been, yeah, which is one of their more outright <laughs> Actually, God wrote songs. that song. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did it. put the music, they put the music to it and they oh, rearranged the words a little bit, but I was actually wondering <laughs> how we were going to get to our subject today. So yeah, 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 you, not only did you do the German, I mean, cause not only did you, not only did you land the plane with the technology and how we work that in, but also yeah. the fact that German is in there. I mean, yeah. if you can come up with a Korean idea, we're, we're, we're golden. Okay. So yeah, w- what we yeah. want to talk about today uh, apropos of, uh, I mean, so I did a, a. Well, burnout is is yeah. it's, it's not just a river in Egypt. Um, is <laughs> did I just mix a metaphor? I think.
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, one,
0: yeah, so it, it, burnout's a big deal, um, and the causes of burnout are. I think burnout's all around us. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure there's too many people. Just like with Steve Cuss, when we talked with him, anxiety is already all all around us, but it's low-grade anxiety. So it's not like, you know, can't get out of bed anxiety, but just like, a, oh, I'm kind of stressed, you know, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, there are different ways to put it. But yeah, burnout's around us. And so in my, I did a, uh, in some of my research um, on burnout and, and reading and things uh, for, Of my degree in Christian leadership, I hate the fact that they call it Christian leadership, just call it leadership. Why why is it gonna be anyway? Um, came across this guy, um, uh, Byung Chul Han. Uh, Mm -hmm. sorry for anyone who speaks Korean, I butchered his name. Uh, he is a Korean German philosopher, so he's originally from Korea but now lives in Germany. And uh, has done a lot of work on actually burnout and how technology um, turn is how it's affecting us and how it's thinking area it, a lot of thinking about it. So anyway, thought we could thought we could go there, uh, Garrick, I sent you uh, a, a, an article. Uh, what were some of your first impressions of just kind of some of the thinking there? Yeah, well, I think Han is is jumping on to, you know, something that. I-
1: just to mention that bono and you two were seeing early on is that uh but i think he's jumping then obviously bringing in philosophy uh and and, and some pretty deep thinking about those things and how how technology and maybe our i think a society that uh hyper consumeristic hyper um productive hyper individualistic has those things have kind of created this um uh you know a a, a you know, you always have to be careful because philosophers, you know, they live by coming up, making sense of the world or coming up with what's going to be happening in the world. And they can sometimes, you know, also go overboard on, on things as well as their ideas, lead them to certain things, uh, certain. Um, so, you know, you gotta always kind of level things out a little bit, you know, but I think what, what he would say generally is that the, for many reasons, uh, the, the our our use of the of a phone and how uh instagram twitter all these things where we we be, we, we are now on display for the world ourselves and everyone else is on display for us it has created a um a world where burnout where anxiety where all, all those things are much more prevalent and I, I recently
0: saw uh to title this is this name Jonathan height he's yeah. a Johnson, sociologist right? he's the guy i was trying to think of last week when i was yeah when, yeah
1: okay he was talking about how more and more the correlation the rise of anxiety rise of depression particularly in teenage girls which is an epidemic of this yeah. is they there's more and more scientific and theological evidence that is tying that to uh the the, the use of smartphones so um so to go to that i think what han is saying particularly is that we're living in in a time when um we are under we, we are dominated i think he says by the um the 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 iphone uh or the the smartphone whatever you want to call it and that that domination of being looked at or being perceived or having to present ourselves constantly and then the stress of all that goes along with that is just is, is creating you know more of a burnout society we've lost things like ritual we've lost certain hum, humanness things humanity type things that's not well, how would you say? We've lost certain elements of our humanity, he would say. Yeah, that that's that amazing. that that uh humanist things. Human humanity put it put uh, it, in, put, <laughs> it, in, put, it in,
0: put it in Spanish yes. syntax. We have lost the humanness of the humanity of the. You have to put in a lot of of. Yeah, here.
1: yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Ritual, for instance, lost losing ritual or rhythms or things that typically held people together, societies, culture. You know. We've, we're losing the objects. He even says like objects are being lost. Um, so I'm not sure. You know, I, I would necessarily go as far on everything that he says, but I think he's got a very, very strong point about where we are in late modern society.
0: Yeah, he goes. He goes. I I thought some of the things that he says are are, are really spot on in the sense of. So we we used to say with you know one of the first things that we would teach you know new missionaries when they come over and 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 then things that we always kind of have to repeat to ourselves even as we adjust daily and we teach our kids this but the comparison is the thief of all joy yeah and uh, he says we're constantly comparing because of technology be it social media but also just everything uh, online uh, we're constantly comparing ourselves with others it's precisely this comparison that makes us all the same um he but just this idea that we're constantly comparing ourselves with others, yeah. uh, it creates a, a heightened sense of anxiety that's just always present. It's ever yeah. present. Yeah. And because our smartphones, you know, there's the, the there are the, you know, the ticks of of your thumb and you know, moving and and the the sense of okay, I put it down. And I see it in my my kids. Uh, you know, they have iPads for school and stuff. And and they constantly, when they get home, they're like, hey, can I look this up? And like, you know, we constantly have to say, no, 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 get away, get away, you know, from the, yeah. from the phone. But just this sense of it, it makes us want to come back. And then if yeah. the things that we're drawn to are the things that we compare ourselves to. And this just creates just a huge sense of, uh, well, I think at, at the end of the day, it's exhausting. Uh, mm-hmm. And it creates a it does, it does create a burnout. Yeah. How, how do you see uh, not just technology, but this sense of comparison or you can take it wherever you want, but how do you see it present or do you see it present in, in ministry with staff um, other places? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So I, I would,
1: you know, Han talks about this as like a domineering kind of society, the domination of, you know, he doesn't say it this way, but digitization and, and this this kind of society where everything is observed, you know, all the time, right? So, that, that, so I, you know, which made me think about the, the English philosopher, Jeremy Bentham, who talked about the panopticon, right, which was this concept of actually prison. To control the prisoners in a prison system, if if um, if they think that they're being watched at all times, they'll behave. They will they'll fall in line, right? Mm. So it made me think of that, and then I was then thinking that um, Michel Foucault, the French uh, philosopher, is a horrible person, um, but he he talked a lot about this. the 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 uh, that's how societies control people is by is by this sense of everything is being watched or gathered. Uh something I think it was a book called Discipline and Order or Discipline Society. And so he 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 was a bunch of guy who wanted to break free, right, from everything. And uh, you know, no no rules, no rules. So he th- saw society as putting rules that was a way of, of controlling and seeing everything that happened. So if you can say so on that that's that's wrong to do, or, you know. So he was wanting to go a different direction than Han, where I think Han is saying uh you know we're, we're we're once again being dominated by something you know whereas Foucault's thing was kind of like just society in general like rules norm, norm norms right. um you know so i think on one hand you you have with Han he's going and saying no i think he's saying you know this is stuff that it's 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 now invading into our personal lives in a, in a deeper way and affecting us in ways that maybe we're not even aware but we're we're dominated by it now and and and, and so i think when you take that to its natural uh, next steps, you start th- worrying about, you know, we, you know, who's got information, who's controlling us, who's, who's moving us in certain directions and making us think and feel so, or wanting to make us think and feel certain ways. Uh, I think, you know, you look at China with its social, um, what's that called? Social. Uh,
0: oh, it's like social credit score. Credit social credit
1: system, you know, and, and that, you know, and, and the, that's, that's maybe the, 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 the darker side of it, right. That you now can actually control people. Um, but what we're looking at is the the wider. I think I don't think anyone's trying to control us necessarily in you know one entity in in the Western free society. But we are now kind of giving up our own humanity, and I, I don't know if I see it among a lot of staff necessarily. I, I think it's ever present. I think he, he's he's got that right in some sense. Um, I think it's probably different depending on your generation as well. Um, but I, I know it's, yeah, that's true. It's, it's easy to, to go on Facebook or Instagram and think, oh, I've got to have that, or I need to um uh so I think we're very susceptible to what you said of, of a lot of anxiety or burnout, you know, of needing to to perform, needing to be, because we there's a sense of uh there, you have to perform, or you you are being watched, you're 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 absorbing other people's um.
0: Yeah, or or it, you know, he makes the point that that because of technology, we become ever presently aware of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So it's this constant focus on self, and in a world where depression, then that's the depressed person can only think about themselves. Yeah, and so he he kind of says we have to, to rediscover the other, and yeah, his his point for that is you can't. Two things: one, we need silence, so we need to be. We need we need to be disconnected from technology um, and have moments of silence for our, our brains and our bodies to kind of recover from that. Um, so mm-hmm. he actually, I, I started watching a um, a uh, what do you call it? Documentary on him, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually every day walks through uh, one particular graveyard in uh, Germany. Now German graveyards are beautiful uh like a lot of northern european graveyards are actually really just they're they're i mean there's a reason they call it the church garden um and uh, they're just gorgeous a lot of times just really well kept and green and lush and everything so so he he walks to this one in berlin on his way to the university and um and then he walks through this one space of the university where it's kind of Part of the old bombed-out structures from World War II are still there, and they haven't really done anything with it. And he just goes and sits in the empty space. Mm-hmm. And just talking about that, just you know, you you have to have the emptiness, you have to have the the downtime in order to kind of one, maybe stop thinking about yourself, but to to denoise. But then he talks about the idea that we need the other, we have to rediscover mm-hmm. the other. And to me why, you know, it's, it's fascinating. I think we in ministry, we're constantly we're often focused on the other. Uh, But what can happen is we compare ourselves with others who are doing ministry or doing other things. And so even some of our efforts within social media to make our ministry known or connect with other people or whatever, I think can actually end up propelling this sense of got to do more, got to you know, just this, this, yeah. this sense of, I I just got to keep going. Um, I got to keep moving. Got to keep, keep doing these things. Whereas it mm-hmm. <laughs> seems to me if we, if we were able to slow down and we're able to make the other, the focus, um, mm-hmm. and maybe social media, uh, or some of these things weren't constantly there, maybe there would, might be, I wonder, I, I'm trying to, hedge my the way I say this, but I wonder if some of the joys of ministry could not be a little bit deeper. Yeah, I, I wonder how much the joys of ministry get taken away because we're thinking of how we can talk about it on social media or tell people about it, all for good reasons. So it's not necessarily yeah. selfish reasons. It's like yeah. this sense of like, well, I want people to know what we're doing because I want God to get the glory, or I want more people to be involved with us, you know, yeah. for those of us who are in movement you know, related things. We want people to join up. And so it's exciting and it's, and it's everything else, but I think we can get so caught up in, in, in that, that I think that we can forget some of the joy of just being with a person who's in need.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: I don't know. I
1: think it's fascinating there too, the, the two things he pushes back to, which is silence, you know, clearing your mind and the other, This is incredibly Christian concepts. Yeah, because really, what because really, what we have to offer in that very is that we are a people who are about the other. We are primarily about other people. That is the message of the of the gospel is 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 that you are transformed by love God, so you can love others, including your enemy. Yeah, right. So the other is incredibly important. Uh, That's trinitarian, basic trinitarian theology. But then the other thing is this: I, this need for silence, this night for respite, which is prayer, which is prayer in our in our lives, or meditation, yeah, right, the right? Ability to disconnect for that humanity needs that God has built that into us, the need for the other, the need for others to other us, right? To understand that we are the other as well, and, and that we come together. Um, so I think that's that's fascinating. I think uh, what what's happening, what I, what, I, what I understand is that in this, if I can be so bold as to say this, we we have become our own panopticon. We observe ourselves and make ourselves the 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 kind of the key the the the, the key person in in the movie, right?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And so everything. So we are so. So I think what he's saying is we're so self-absorbed that that we we're losing that connection to the other. We're losing that connection to reality, even um, in some sense, right? Um, what is real? What is what is good? What is you know? And that's why, you know, it's good to, for instance, I think he's talking about objects you know have things in your life that are objects. Like for instance, a good pair of cowboy boots, you know, like expensive, nice, A good, you know, a good, a good smoker, good smoker. So things that are real, that, that have meaning to you, yeah. you know, also, whereas we're moving away, away, away from that. I think, I think he overstates this a little bit, I think, but I think his warning is strong and good and, and 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 points us, I think it really actually points us the right direction. I think what the church and Christians have to offer is this is disconnection, is the other, is that we are only really truly humans when we are in community with God and with other people. And yeah. that means the other. And so I think it's fascinating. And, like I think and, and it, he's he's going that
0: direction. And and he makes a yeah, it's really i I wonder what his personal belief is, because he I mean he's he he gets so close to some of these things. So it's, it's, I, I doubt that in any way he's a Christian yet. Uh, he, 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 he tends to go there. I, I, I do think that so. He, if you take some of his work and then what, uh, is it Charles Murray? Uh, and um, the philosopher, is it? It's not yeah. Charles Murray, is it? No, but it's you're, Canadian it, it's, philosopher. It's someone yeah. Murray. But well, it's Charles the name Murray? of the
1: it's name of the former um, Liberian warlord. That's the same name.
0: Yes, because <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that how going, I remember it. That's, because that's, that's what, that one's going to help me, Garrick. <laughs> uh, but oh, anyway, I have the book here. On my anyway, uh, but then you got James K. A. Smith, who goes to some of this too. Yeah. Smith would say, "Look, we are what we love, and so we need to form. We can form what we love by." by doing things. So he, he just makes a bigger case for, we, we haven't, we haven't become an unritualized society. Um, He would say, Smith would say we've just become, we've switched our rituals to secular practices. So the shopping mall is in some way shaped like a cathedral. And we, when we go and we shop, we put our, we, 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 we do these rituals of, Consumerism. So we put our credit card down or we, you know, stare into our phone so our face ID recognizes us so we can pay with Apple Pay or, or whatever else in exchange of goods. And then, and then we go and we get a coffee and, and there's kind of these rituals and expectations that are surrounded that or, or a football game is ritual. Yeah. And so I think he and I'm, I'm, I want to kind of revisit Smith because I, I want to go back to, uh, um, what is his name? Han. And, and kind of try to work both of those in there of this, we haven't become a completely secularized, disembodied, uh, unmystified society. We've just moved a lot of the mystification to other things. And so in some sense, I think what Han is saying is, go back to find something of meaning and purpose, ultimately for us as Christians. And I think this is where we need to, we need to, I want to be careful, proudly stand up and say, Hey, we think we, we think we know where the ultimate value is found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think where Chan, Han comes short is of course he would say, you need to find something that has meaning. So, you know, you know, whatever it might be, but ultimately that's going to be, it's going to come up short if it's not found in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. if it's not found in community. Yeah. Um, but i think he makes a point about capitalism and consumerism and all of these things and it's not something i was completely aware of as a christian growing up in america but how much of our christian community uh and i think world now uh is just we have to really fight the the consumer consumerism that's around us because it it forms us uh, yeah. which i think it ultimately leads to burnout
1: yeah, I, I think you're right. There's a, that's a whole, you know, the the, the consumeristic uh, drive. I, I'll i throw the other guy I've studied a lot uh, is a guy named Zygmunt Bauman, and he talks about, you know, consumer, And I want to be careful. I'm not. I'm not saying this is like consumer uh, products that, you know, that we create things is bad. What 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 is bad is what he would call desire desires desire it's 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 what what we have in a hyper consumerist society is that we don't actually desire necessarily and this is once again his his perspective point the the stuff is that we the 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 desire of it we desire yeah so so we and and i think that's had a lot to do with what's going on with with the internet and things the with the internet i sound like i'm 80 that's what's (laughs) going on the internet (laughs) uh, with, you know, with, with our world that we live in is that there's America online desire, American online. There's this desire of more and desire more and that. It's really not what we want more, but we want that, we want that feeling of desire and maybe completion when we do a a cue. but then we need more desire. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, I I think, Oh, Charles Taylor, first of all, was the, is a Canadian Christian. It is Charles
0: Taylor. Is Charles Taylor. And it is not Charles it is also, Murray. Charles Murray wrote uh, is another he is guy. A, he's a political philosopher, yeah, yeah, works yeah. for AEI. Yeah. 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 So so
1: Charles Taylor, who wrote a uh, Secular Age and some other great books, uh uh, if you're not reading Charles Taylor, although Secular Age is is a little bit, it's it's a literally heavy lifting because it's like a thousand pages long and huge.
0: Okay, but seriously, okay, this book right here, for those of mm-hmm. you not on our YouTube feed, because it doesn't exist, um the Burnout Society by Byung Chul Han, uh, who we were quoting here. It's it is ninety pages long, yeah, and it's heavy lifting. Yeah, it is the thickest book I've read in a long time, but yet it's the shortest book ever. I mean, it is just packed with good stuff. Anyway, pick up pick pick the book up, people.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I think so. I think something else that he he says interesting in there, and I think why he he's pushing towards um, the f- physicality, right? Relationships, yeah. physicality, really right. being there. It, it, he says something very interesting here. If I can, um, if I can read it real quick. Um, well, first of all, he, talk, he talks about that we're not we're we're more in, we're more interested in information and data than we are then about um you know actual things anymore actual physicality right, right. which i think is um uh you know very 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 fascinating because it is we're 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 maybe over uh you know
0: facebook calling themselves meta yeah. we're going to yeah. a metaverse right i mean yeah. that's that, that that's it
1: yeah yeah but but he, but he he talks here to you about you know the people working from home and being online. And I, I remember having this very this very same experience during the really hard lockdown. Um but but it was a sense of loss of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you would have the you would you would have And I'm not I'm not blaming anyone it's just what we had to do, right? We that was the only option was um you know the ability to to do it online. We couldn't do it any other way. But there was a sense of that two days just, it, it didn't happen or it, it didn't, it, it wasn't, it didn't have the same, you know, we had a couple, you know, three, two, three day online conferences and, and it just, it, 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 it left this very um, strange uh, kind of kind of feeling. I don't know if you felt that way as well. Oh, yeah. um, and, and so he, so he, he says this, he says um, he's talking about objects because these things are support structure that provides peace of mind in life. Nowadays, is often obscured by information. The smartphone is not a thing. It produces and processes information, and information gives us the opposite of peace of mind. It lives off the stimulus of surprise and immersing us in a whirlwind of news. Rituals give life some stability. The pandemic has destroyed these temporal structures. Think like of remote working. When time loses its structure, depression sets in. So he's saying even the the nature of time is is and and you know I've had that experience you play video games all day you know with your <laughs> kid you know and then all of a sudden you're like what, what happened like it's 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 right. three in the morning you know but I, I was having that in the sense of when, when a conference you get on a plane you know you go there you shake hands you check in you go to your hotel room you go down you have the meetings you have coffee yeah there's all these ritualistic things that happen in an actual conference that make that I think that make the timing of it do something to us as humans that make that a, you know, powerful moment or a moment of learning or a moment of connection. I mean, you know, usually you don't get all that out of it, but it's more like the other stuff, the conversations that happen, the people you meet. And when you, and what he's saying, I think is when you get rid of that, when you, everyone's working at home online it just time is time loses the structure. So meaning begins to lose the structure and then you just have depression, you know? And, and I, I, I think it's a, it's very interesting. Talking about that. Yeah, And I think that's yeah. where the church has got to get people back into the church, into the ritual of you get up, you have your coffee, you get the kids in the car, you get them to church, you 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 know, you, you
0: say hi but to what, Bill. Okay, so, so this is all that is all part is, of the experience of being human. Never say hi to Bill. That guy's a jerk. Bill's a jerk. Um, so, but this is this is actually kind of this goes back to what we talked about last week. I think it's going to be something that's going to be prominent in this in this season of uh, yeah, yeah we've been rabbit about. trail, but but just this whole idea with digital. So I'm going to come back to it. That that's that's one of my questions. It seems like everything Chulhan would be saying is is look, don't it. it People, people are so um, the 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 smartphone and the digital um, can't provide meaning. Or maybe he's not saying that. Maybe that's my interpretation of it. But it's so much noise that it creates yeah. anxiety.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, so then I take that and say, well, as Christians, there, there's a bunch. There's a storm outside. We need to be a harbor. And we need to go to what's really important, and uh, creating space and community and everything else. This is how we can be different when the rest of the world's gone crazy. Yeah, uh, not how we can be different, but how we were made to be. That's that's yeah. probably the better the better way to put it. It's not utilitarian; yeah. it just is. So, so I guess what I struggle with is if if it's all noise out there, why why? And this is where we need to get an expert in here. Why do we need to spend so much time and energy trying to enter into the noise? Because yeah. it, I, I feel like it's just going to be lost in the noise, but I don't know how to, I don't know how to combat that. So I, I guess it's kind of like, how do you, it, it, it's, it's like, you you don't want to become so countercultural that you become irrelevant, like, right. But at the same time, it's, wh- wh- where's that balance? And this is what I struggle with. And I don't have a good answer yet. I'm, I I really don't, but, it, but do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, well, I mean, I think we have to maybe
1: look at it a little bit as like um, we need to prepare digital missionaries, you know, in a sense that people who can go into those spaces uh, but the end goal is to not
0: stay in those spaces
1: yeah, and that's is,
0: and that's the question, right? To is bring like, people
1: out, and so we need the people who who,
0: you know. Oh my gosh, we just described the Matrix.
1: Yeah, it's almost a, yeah, in some sense <laughs> so maybe that's what we're trying to do. Get get you know, I mean, because I I think there's like once again, let's not. I mean, we don't. I I did a doctorate online, and we 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 met once a year, but we we did everything else online. It was great, you know. It was a great experience. The so digitalization of things, you know, it it has its uh, value. It, it's value. There's some great. So we're not saying there's some great ways. There's people we can reach with the gospel we would never be able to reach because of the, because now we have digital stuff. Uh, there are communities where people live online, and that and that and that you can go in there and that that is a place where the gospel can yeah. interact. So we yeah. we got to be careful about not just throwing out the baby in the bathwater, but we also got to be careful not boiling the baby in the bathwater. You you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so that's, and that's the danger. And so we, we, unfortunately evangelicalism, we tend to go and see something new and go, that's, that's it. And we all jump into it without thinking or really, you know, really going deep and thinking, how is this affecting us? How is this affecting our lives, our church? How's it affecting society? We're not a a movement of deep thinkers. Let's just be honest. There are some, but we tend to like ignore them or skewer them or, so we need to, we need to, the people who are going to be on the front lines, at least when I'm talking about crew, they need to be well, they need to be reading this guy. They need to be thinking through some of these things and really become reflective practitioners of their, of their craft. be really good at it, but also understand its limitations and how it affects humanity because clearly this stuff affects man. I I'm also on the, on the one end too of like, it, it's going to affect people, but people will adapt and things will adapt. It's not the end of the world. This is not the first time we've had a major technological Thing that's affected people in in human history. I mean, I guarantee there are some guys sitting around talking about the wheel eight thousand years ago or fire and go, dude, fire! If we if we if this thing starts going out, it's just gonna be out of control soon. People will be like cooking food. We can't have that. I mean, you know, and so you know, so there's always there's always the we're we're in a society that 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 we're in a world that's always kind of having to correct. And yeah, unfortunately, there are going to be casualties. On both ends, right? Yeah. People who get passed over because they have no access to digital, and then the people who get so into digital that you know they wake up one day and go, "Oh, my life's over," and I, I never, I never had a relationship that was real. You know. So you're trying to you know use it for what it's good for, but not get sucked into the trap. You know. And there's a lot of traps in our society now because we are a connected panopticon, internalized hyper. There's a lot of things that are not. Healthy to humanity going on in in the world
0: today. Well, I, yeah. So part of it, part of it. Gosh, it's so like okay. So you've seen the, or I don't know if you have or not, but I haven't actually watched it, but I know the premise of it or some of the details of it. The um, what is it called? The um, oh, it's a documentary on Netflix about social media. Yeah.
1: The social network. Social ne- no, that's that. No, that was that's the, the. No, movie. that was the movie. That's anyway, the movie about Mark. Social dilemma. Yeah, no, I've
0: seen. I've seen like. Half, I think it's called Social. Network. I've seen about half of it. It's pretty okay, yeah. so so they just kind of go through like, hey, we've got psychologists. We know the gamification of things. Yeah. We yeah know yeah, yeah, like you know all these things of how to produce these results in people. Okay. Yeah. So it's 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 hyper directed marketing. Is what, right, is right, right, what hyper, right. Hyper hyper directed marketing. Great. Yeah. Okay. So, I guess, I guess ethically, I'm taking this as a completely different rabbit trail here, but ethically in order to compete with highly like to molecular level marketing. Yeah. In order to compete with that, to get your message quote unquote out there as a Christian, the methods that you have to use, I think are, could be ethically questionable.
1: Yeah. I think it's a, it's a good question. Yeah.
0: So should we be going there? And this is where we need to get an expert on, which we're, which we're mm-hmm. working on. We're working yeah. on getting a couple of people. We've got there. some people. Yeah. So, but, but I, I just kind of wonder like, okay, in order to compete with a Facebook or Instagram or, or any other social media to get people to use your platform and everything else, what, what do we need to do? And it's like, well, is that what we really need to be doing? Yep. I mean, I, I'm not saying that we don't need to have people. Yep. In the digital space, we, we certainly do. Um, we want to bring people out of the matrix as much as possible. It, it's just wow, it gets into this l- really big ethical question of is yeah. is that where we, how do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe it's not as ethically questionable as I would like to present it.
1: I, I think I think it's a I think it's a valid and important question. I think we should always as, as we enter into conversations about mission or mission and however we're defined that we, we should be thinking that way. I mean, we should be thinking, you know, I mean, we're already kind of literate. I mean, you know, for the, I mean, there's one side the practicality of it. There's another side, which is the ethicalness of it. And then there's another side, which is just the bare bones theology of it, you know? Right. Right. Is this, is this, you know, for lack of a better term, biblical, I, I'm not trying to, you know, so w- for instance, w- is it, you know, I mean, you, we can go down a lot of roads on that in, in the history of Christianity where things have been, you know, and I, I don't want to be too hard on people because I, I wasn't you know, in those moments or in the, in that time in history when those things had to be done or those decisions had to be made or that was the, that was the obvious thing to do, but sometimes we see that expediency uh, or shiny new toys don't always produce what we want them I would say so i think i think caution is always
0: a good thing you know it, it'd be interesting to see if we could get someone on here who's done some research on 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 um people who are measured and think through things cuz you're commenting about you know that we need to be thinking through those things and in evangelicalism we don't necessarily always have a yeah rich robust history of that but i don't think we have a rich robust history of that as human beings like i think there's a reason yeah. that that our you know korean german philosopher uh is little known in the world it's because yeah. he's going slow and thinking of things and you know we serve a god who who was a uh jewish carpenter in a land with no mm-hmm. trees so um i i think
1: oh, it's been olive wood
0: yeah so i think i just think that, that there's I think that tends to be human. We like new and shiny things, especially I yeah. think capitalistic consumeristic cultures. Yeah. So, you know, cause when the, when the pandemic hit, how many people told us that we would never be using office spaces again. And you know, all those things, we were just jumping yeah. on new shiny things yeah. pretty, pretty quick there. And pretty didn't quickly. think through, Hey, how is this going to affect people's and, you know, two and a half weeks into working at home, you know, companies were getting rid of leases because they were like, "Our people love working from home. This is going to save us money." And it's like, "Well, yeah. do we even know what the long haul? Like, yeah. how is this going to affect people's overall health long haul?" And it turns out, two years into this, people are like, "I just want to get back on a plane." So yeah. I, I don't know. I I I wonder. One, I think that's endemic of or common among all humanity. But but two. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're I right. I, i'd like to find of, out what kind of person how much of society like i don't want i don't want to boil things down we we should always be slow to think and and those are or not slow to think quick anyway quick to think quick <laughs> we should we should be awesome uh no we should we should be thinking about things deeply yeah. And, yeah. and 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 considering and you know, we need all, theologians Yeah, we do. And we need philosophers and everything else. And we need to listen to them. I think that's, that's, that's part of it. Um, But I just, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going long here. Uh, So here's, here's my last uh, question or longer than (laughs) we we said we're going to go. It's not long for this podcast by any stretch of the imagination. Um, How much, so if we, if we consider the smartphone produces result or has this tendency tendency to make us think that we are we can get just so much done and everything. Um, how much are we being played by that as Christian missionaries by thinking? Essentially, we can we can. I think the question is that I'm wanting to ask is, are, are we falling into the trap of thinking we've got the silver bullet next to us, which is, it's, it's not a silver bullet. Like it's never, yeah. it's never going to accomplish what we needed to accomplish.
1: Yeah. I I don't believe in silver bullets. Anytime anyone start says that there's a silver bullet, I, I tune them out because they, they, like,
0: yeah, there's no, some, but I don't think some, anyone would say it. I just think people no, said no, no. it. No, no,
1: yeah, I think there's some people out there who who say that. I think if you're fundraising on it or you're very <laughs> focused on that, you, you, you'll say it. This is this is the future. This is, and I've, I've heard people say that. I've heard people say certain things, or this is this will revolutionize everything, and not necessarily about technology, but other things like this. This is the game changer. it's not a game changer. You haven't come up with anything new. Like like, it's not. You know, like the, the game changer is Jesus. Just just yeah. do that. You know, so but I, I I think we do in Americanism, American evangelicalism, we do often think that way. We're just trained to think that way. So I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a that's a problem. But it is it's a problem in America. But the great thing about it is then we, you know, we we pour a bunch of money and invest and get it going, and you know, and sometimes those things are incredible innovations. You know, and that's why America creates a lot of innovations and a lot of great ideas and a lot of art comes out of that because we are the people who go, Oh, let's do that. You know, and yeah. I'm going to get crazy about that. You know, but it, I think in missions, it's a, it's a, it's a long slow plot that every once in a while God shows up and does something amazing and, you know, get anyone saying there, this is the game change. This is the thing. This is it's like, you don't know. I mean, I, 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 I don't necessarily think they're bad people, but I think they're, they're, you know, they're way over, optimistic about something that that they don't know anything about really you know i think and, and i think we tend to be real raw 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 about stuff and go you know this is this is it this is gonna be awesome you're like well it we might be
0: but who knows you know yeah this technology right. stuff yeah it's 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 fascinating um yeah. and it's it's interesting how quickly we as human beings seek to trust in horses and chariots, um, yeah, and not not in the power of the the living God and yeah. um, in the trust of Him, uh, in the trust that He is going to accomplish His will. Um, <laughs> there's a tension there I, that I feel as a human being, but yeah, um, but also, I mean, as a follower of Jesus of Sitting back and knowing that He is God, and trusting, okay, Lord, I, I trust that You're in charge of this. I trust that You're going to accomplish and You're going to lead people. And the sense of responsibility that I have of well, how here are the challenges we face. How do we do that? And thinking strategically, mm-hmm. um, all of those things are are there. It, it's interesting though when I mix that with my frenzy for renown. Yeah, that's definitely. where I think it goes off the rails. Of yeah. um, at least for me
1: that was that was the essential message of the Z, zoo tv um, t- concert tour it was to say that all this noise all this stuff fluff that we were chasing after that we think is great and is going to give us contentment it does not give you contentment god gives you contentment hmm. um, and that is the only thing that will con- give contentment and so that that was the fundamental issue that, you know that's what bono State said. this is this is CSL, this is screw tape letters Mm. this is i we're showing people what they want but what if you listen and even, there's, most of the lyrics are that mm, but if you listen if you listen under all that noise there's someone talking and that and that's god and that's where we you have to go and 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 so we have to we have to realize that we are awash i think in a world of noise and competing nut nuttiness i mean really let's just be honest i mean have you seen tiktok i mean you know like what is what like i understand we just we need frivolity in our life i'm all for it um but it's like what is going on you know and and under all that noise is is the voice of god somewhere saying you want something but none of this stuff is going to
0: is going to answer that that need that deep need that you want yeah i think one of the big big takeaways of this is that the in the in the digital age and in the consumerist age where so much pleasure um and i don't mean that in the sexual sense although certainly it's there i mean it and it's just a life sense so the ability to uh very quickly through amazon or whatever else get what you want in that moment Yeah. yeah um meaninglessness does not come from being weary of pain. Meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, I think that's a, that's a big takeaway. Essentially maybe that's what, that's what, uh, what's his face is trying to say. Uh, Han is trying to say is that we're, we're getting so much pleasure, um, that it's producing a meaninglessness and the smartphone or technology enables that as a tool that does that. So I guess then the question for us becomes how can we utilize that tool to highlight the source of all pleasure, um, the one who has created all things. that maybe boils it down a little bit too simplistically, um, and God is not our vending machine to get pleasure from, but yeah, He's the yeah. only inexhaustible source of wonder.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think, uh, and can you imagine what video games are going to be like in twenty years? No, it's uh,
0: they're going to be awesome. I'm
1: going to say that, but then it may not be good
0: for you. Yeah, but yeah. they may
1: not. <laughs> they will be. You, they will be the, the the coolest thing ever. But it may not be healthy for you. It may not yeah. be a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And um oh so, gosh, there's
0: there's there's a couple other things there that I I, I <laughs> want to go off on, but I think we we need to we should probably finish up. We I did want to say I did want to say I do feel like in these conversations, I feel
1: like I'm getting old. I feel like I feel grumpy. Do you ever feel you know? I was watching <laughs> a clip of Portlandia, Portlandia where Fred Armisen he goes in and he's talking to his doctor, because yeah, well, you know, I've been having he's described the symptoms, and he, and the doctor goes, um, so would you, you know. Would you wait in line at a really good restaurant for about thirty minutes, or would you rather just go somewhere crappy because it's you know you get the food quickest? Oh, what, what do you see those people waiting in line? They look so they're so lame and annoying. And he goes, "Have you ever said, you know, get off my lawn?" And he goes, "No." He goes, "Well," and then so he's basically diagnosed with early onset grumpiness. <laughs> so sometimes I feel like I might have early onset grumpiness. I'm trying to I'm trying to not not be too. uh, too, we, don't want to, we don't want to become crusty yeah <laughs> no, I mean, no. you know in the, in the struggling
0: of these things I don't, you're, not, you're not you you live in yeah. spain you can't be early onset crusty, i hope not right? i hope not sometimes i just feel like man i'm getting
1: old i feel wow. i'm not that old but you know like it happens quickly
0: the music you are you, you are music you are a middle-aged father you know that yeah that's true that pretty much means that you early onset crustiness has already yeah. happened yeah and lame dad jokes yeah all right my friend. Well, a pleasure talking to you. Uh yeah, that was until, awesome. we, until we do this the next time. Uh Bye. Adiós. Buen <laughs> <Point> camino. Bye, <laughs> thank God have mercy on your soul. All right. <laughs> See you later. Man. <laughs>